You are listening to Prickly and Blooming, brought to you by LaJoy Society. And now, your hostess, Jessie Browning. All right, all right, all right. Greetings and salutations. Hi. It's another Wednesday, and I've got a little something new for us today. First, before we talk about that, um, rate the show, review the show, share the show. Also, check out our website. We're at lajoysociety.com. There's merch. There's an email list you can sign up for. Um, email occasionally, and I just am telling you about new things, you know, new shows or new achievements with the show, or I don't know, just some stuff. So you can sign up for that on our website and all the good things. Okay. And then there's our Instagram account, which is actually the handle now is prickly and blooming. So find that. And okay, that's that. This week, we're going to change direction for a second, I guess. I don't know what you, it's not like changing direction, but I've got this idea. So I moved to Texas 20 years ago. You might know that. Um, it was 2001 and I had graduated college and I took off for Austin. Ever since then, I've had this just interesting, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for, interesting dance <laughs> with the, personally with the identity of Texans and Texas. And a lot of people will say, you're not from Texas if you don't have multi-generational roots here. Maybe some will say you are a Texan by marriage. Maybe after a certain amount of time, like more than half your life, is that it, everyone? Or 20 years? Am I there yet? And honestly, when I was a teenager, and even right before I moved to Austin, if you told me I was going to live in Texas, I, you, I would have laughed in your face. You know, I'm from Massachusetts. I'm from, I often say like a different world, honestly. It looked different. The people sounded different. You know, we ate different food. And this idea of of Texas as an identity has grown on me over the years. And some of the most fascinating women, of course, I would have met fascinating women if I stayed in Massachusetts, but they have this Texas identity and it's so strong within them. And I'm fascinated by it. And I love to talk about it and think about it. And, and I want to share their stories. So I decided that I'm going to focus on interviewing women, any way you identify as a woman and your story, whether you're from Texas, whether you live in Texas now, you know, some Texas identity, whether you struggle with the identity or you're super excited about the identity. I don't, uh, all the stories are interesting to me. We're opening up our stories. We're going to hear any kind of story. I want to hear all the stories. I want to hear interesting things. That's it. Just the stories from these women. So that's what we're going to do for a hot minute. We're calling it the Texas women's edition or Texas women, or I don't know. So the bond will be, these women are from Texas or they live in Texas now. And what do they have to say? What's their life been? And I hope you enjoy it. The first person we're going to meet is a photographer named Leslie, who I know personally. And she is going to share her story of how she came to Texas. There's a lot of historical context in her story, too. And when she got to Texas, you know, opening a business and then a pandemic and just there's a lot of relevancy here. So I hope that you can tune in and listen to this. And I just I gave you a hint of the the mission of this project. I said, there's a lot of relevancy of just listening to past stories about present and what we can learn about ourselves and the journeys that we're on. And I'm going to stop talking. We're going to go meet Leslie. Okay, bye. Hi, I'm Jesse. Who are Hi. you? 
I'm Leslie. Hi. Hi, Leslie. So the, you're the first episode of my, I'm calling it Texas edition, where we're hearing broader stories, but specific to Texas women. So thank you, Leslie, for coming and giving me your story today. Thanks for having me. Of course. <laughs> I know Leslie, and I've known Leslie t- over 10 years now, right? Probably yeah. about 12 years. Uh, I met Leslie because she came into my business and ordered coffee. And that was in Marfa, Texas. And now Leslie is there in Marfa. I'm not in Marfa. So I'm going to stop talking about you. (laughs) And I want to hear your story. So first, I want to ask, what is your relation to Texas? Are you from here? Do you live here now? Um, I am not from Texas. I do live here now. But my husband is from Texas. And he is a original born and raised Marfan. Mm -hmm. He sure is. So that is how I got here. I married... I married a local. Right, right. And he when when did he leave? Well, he he graduated in 1987, and you know left, went to college, and then he ended up in Las Vegas, which is where I met him. Yes, and since I know yeah. this is Leslie and I were talking about this earlier. Since I know her story, I'm like, can we start there <laughs> to know about you? <laughs> in this project, I expect to have like I just want to hear different stories of women that live in Texas or are from Texas, whatever. But I know your story, and what's interesting about your story is actually how you came to Texas and how you ended mm-hmm. up living here. So, tell me, Miss Leslie, <laughs> what <laughs> you are not from Las Vegas either. Like, is anybody from Las Vegas? No. <laughs> I feel like Vegas is a lot like Martha. It's it's weird to meet someone that's from there. I actually do know some people that were born in Las Vegas, Mm -hmm. but no, I'm not from Vegas. I'm actually, I was born in California Mm -hmm. in El Centro and I grew up in Escondido and spent a lot of time in San Diego because my grandparents had a house in San Diego, but my family is actually Canadian. (laughs) (laughs) So my mom comes from Canada. She actually currently lives in Canada and then when I was 13, we moved to the Northwest. Mm-hmm. We moved to Vancouver, Washington. And so that's where I spent my teenage troubled years. <laughs> you were a goth. <laughs> but like I was, before yeah. goth was goth. It was like the 80s, right? It was late 80s mm-hmm. when we moved to Vancouver. So I graduated in 92. So, you know, I spent my late 80s. Grunge. Grunge. Early 90s. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely getting into some trouble. Mm-hmm. When did you get to Vegas? I w- got married when I was very young. That's right. I forgot this part of your story. Yes. Ended up moving a lot, moved to Idaho, and then somehow ended up in Las Vegas because my husband at the time got a job in Las Vegas. And I think it was late 90s, 98 maybe, when I moved to Las Vegas. So I was actually married for 12 years. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had this whole other life. Yep. And uh, (laughs) that didn't work out. (laughs) That's a long story. But uh, yeah, so I ended up, you know, eventually getting out of that relationship. And I eventually met my now husband. Mm -hmm. Across a bar, if I remember right. (laughs) Yeah, we did. We met at a place called the Dive Bar. Oh, I love that. That's right. I knew it had a good name. I love Mm -hmm. it. And now, how many years ago was that? Uh, well, August 11th, it'll be 14 years. It's been a while. Yeah. And so you were, you were single, you were in Las Vegas. What were you doing for work then? I had my own housekeeping business. I really didn't ever want to work for anyone. Mm -hmm. And so I hustled. I mean, I hustled my whole life. I always found some way to have some job. Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of weird jobs and I started my own housekeeping business Mm -hmm. in Vegas. 
And did you have women working for you? So in the beginning, I it was just me, and later I, I had maybe every once in a while I'd hire someone to help me. Okay, uh, Junie, uh-huh. <laughs> my husband helped me a lot too. <laughs> he got roped into that, but mostly it was just me. But mm-hmm. for a while there, it was really great. It was pretty, you know, lucrative for the time. I worked mm-hmm. hard, and I made pretty decent money cleaning houses, mm-hmm. and I had my own hours. And at the time, I was also trying to be a photographer. I was, yes. you know, getting into that. And so that kind of gave me the freedom to make my own hours and try to pursue this other passion that I had. Mm-hmm. So when you say you wanted to get into photography, like what was your vision? What was your dream? Like, were you, you know, magazine photography? Like, what did you think? You just wanted to do anything? Like, was it about people or was it about the medium of photography that like drew you in? It, I think it was just the medium of photography. I, the way that started was I was married. Mm-hmm. My ex at the time, he was a motorcycle builder. Okay. And so I got a camera and I started photographing, you know, being on the road, riding, the behind the scenes of him doing all that stuff. And I had a really good friend, still my friend, like childhood friend named Asia Devinal. Oh, I um, remember and she was, her. Yeah. <laughs> she's pretty well known in the uh, pinup world. And she came to visit me and we did this photo shoot of her for my ex's motorcycle thing. And that's how the whole thing started. Oh, wow. I did this photo shoot of her. It went from there. It went viral back in the day, dare I say? I guess. Right? I was going to say viral, but I don't know. I'm trying to even remember how that happened because. It would have been, it was long before social media. It would have been. Well, it was, a, there was MySpace. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. We had MySpace and I had a website and there was a lot of like. At the time, different websites where models and photographers could meet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I, I don't even remember. But somehow that photo of her went viral in the early 2000s. Right. Uh, what would be earlier than viral? Like, yeah. what, like in a virus? <laughs> Was it a contagion? I don't know. And so uh, that's what happened. That's so cool. I love, there has to be a term for like what viral was before social media. Because that's really the difference. I know. I, I don't know what it is. Yeah, though. because yeah, there was no Instagram. There was no Twitter. There was mm-hmm. none of that stuff. And then I, other models started to see that picture and started contacting me. And then that's how I started into the whole pinup motorcycle tattoo world. And of course, I lived in Las Vegas. So <laughs> the, the industry was there, if you will. Yeah. What a great way to get into photography. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of just an accidental thing, I guess. Right. Have you met Junie in in this time frame? Junie is Leslie's no. husband. So this is like early, yeah, this is early mm-hmm. 2000s when I started getting into that stuff. Okay, so you were doing that and still cleaning, and then you met Junie. And then I feel like the kind of like a turning point was what we talked about was like 2008. Well, you had already met Junie by then. Yeah, I met Junie in 2007. Okay. And it's kind of it's kind of funny because we met right before the economy crashed. Mm-hmm. So you know we met and things were like starting to kind of fall as far as financial goes. Mm-hmm. We met at the worst time mm-hmm. ever, and Vegas was hit hard, yes. hard, hard, hard. Vegas was hit really hard, and I started to lose all of my cleaning clients. Mm-hmm. And he was an electrician, mm-hmm. a residential electrician. And the housing market crashed. Mm -hmm. So things just, it was kind of the slow, you know, that happened in 2008. So it was like a few years of it just getting worse and worse and worse. Mm -hmm. And the two things that I was doing, housekeeping and photography, were these luxuries that people couldn't afford. 
So I lost almost all of my cleaning clients. Mm-hmm. And I'd say by, you know, by 2011, I was like, I think I have one client left. Wow. So when did, well, you tell me what happened next? Yeah, I met Junie in 2007. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, economy happened, crashed in 2008. Mm-hmm. And I think we were just really trying to keep it together. <laughs> Hanging on by a thread, yeah, right? It seemed like writing the end of like this <laughs> this chapter for both of you, right? And we were trying to save our house. Mm-hmm. I think like everybody was going through that at that time. Mm-hmm. And then I had some cool things happen in the midst of all that. So I was still, you know, trying to shoot and trying to get these magazine gigs and just doing anything I can to hustle and make some money. And I had another really good friend that I'd met through the industry. Um, and she got a job in France. Mm -hmm. And I got to go with her. (laughs) So cool. Mm -hmm. And so I was, I got to go and kind of just be a behind the scenes person. Mm -hmm. Kind of like her photographer. And photograph all of, Mm -hmm. yeah. So she got hired to shoot this calendar France. And so that was really exciting because I had never, I had never been ever anywhere. (laughs) Like, yeah. So we went, I went to France and before that, Junie and I actually came to Marfa and spent a month here in May. This is 2010. That's when I would have met you. I remember you coming in all the time for coffee. Yeah. So, you know, that was, and that was a fun time in Marfa. Things were still kind of, I don't know, it was just a different time. And it was uh, a quiet time. Yeah. (laughs) And there was the Marfa Film Festival. We had all these things going on and I got to be the photographer for the film festival. Mm -hmm. So I felt like there was things happening, even though I was trying to, you know, we were, I was losing my housekeeping clients. I kind of was like, maybe there's a light at the end of the tunnel here. Maybe Mm -hmm. something good will come out of this. And then, you know, I got back, I went to France. And then when I got back from France, everything changed. Mm -hmm. We had a horrible, horrible tragedy in my family. Mm -hmm. Mm Happened, it was July 3rd, 2010. So I'm all take a breath. (laughs) Deep breath. Yeah. Yep. Deep breath. So yeah, so in 2010, my sister and her longtime partner, Steve, were killed by a drunk driver. And so we just, I mean, obviously that wrecked our world. Mm-hmm. Shattered and everything. Life changed. <laughs> yeah. For, I mean, you, your mom, you, you know, your yeah. family, you and my Jenny, brother, every, your brother, everybody. Mm-hmm. And Steve's so, whole family. Complete tragedy. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously. Yeah. So that, then that started my grief journey. Yeah. This, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> this grief journey that I wasn't prepared for. Yeah. And then that also led to, I feel like, really closing the chapter in Las Vegas. Yeah. So, you know, when something like that happens, mm-hmm. you you do start to question your life mm-hmm. <laughs> and your choices. And you realize that life is short. I mean, it's a real slap in the face. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, bad things can happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> We're here one minute and we can just be taken mm-hmm. the next. So, you know, you really start to kind of evaluate things and... We were really struggling. We were trying to save our house. I was obviously in a deep, <laughs> deep sorrow and depression. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we tried to hang on. And um, it was right before Christmas. Mm-hmm. My husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, now husband, but he got laid off. I think it was like for the third time. Mm-hmm. And I had one housekeeping client. And he came home. He got laid off. And he basically looked at me and said, Pack your shit. (laughs) (laughs) We got to go. We're going to Marfa. So, you know, he had a house here Mm -hmm. that, you know, his family home. Mm -hmm. So we just kind of figured if we're going to be broke and poor and struggling, we're just, let's just go do it there. Yeah. 
yeah. let's go do it there without and at least a mortgage you're trying to pay that's yeah going right that was when every like uh, the rates were going all over the place right it was crazy yeah. yeah you know we were we lost we did end up losing the house but mm-hmm. we got to Mara for the day before my birthday so my birthday is Christmas Eve mm-hmm. and we got here on the 23rd mm-hmm. 2011 yeah. and also at the time you know I had started I had spent a lot of time here Obviously, like we'd go back and forth mm-hmm. from Vegas to Marfa a lot. Mm-hmm. So I had made a lot of friends yep. and I was, you know, building these really close relationships and bonds with women here in Marfa. Mm-hmm. And I remember when all this stuff happened, my friends were like, come here. We come. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to take we're going to take care of you. Like, let us help get you. out of there. Right. Let us help you find a place yeah. to, to land. Yeah. yeah. And I think I don't know if it was you or maybe our mutual friend Mercer, but I just remember somebody saying, the second you put your feet on the ground in Marfa, you're going to have a job. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, uh, yeah, we just packed our stuff and packed our animals and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pull, pulled into Marfa. Yeah. And it was snowing the next day. It snowed. I remember that. On your birthday that year? It snowed on the 23rd, yeah. Oh, that, yeah. I, re- I remember that. Oh, year. no, it did snow on the 24th because we got here the 23rd. It was the next day. Okay. That it snowed. Right. And your sister didn't live with you in Vegas. Like she was in Washington, but still. Yeah, she was in Washington. Mm-hmm. There's something about like, like you said, when you confronted with a situation like that, you just start to question everything. And it even, I think it's so common that people then move, literally move mm-hmm. their life, you know, to in order to move on, you know, and not yeah. move on is not the right, like. I don't like it when people say, oh, you got to get over it. You no. know, you need to, you need to move on. You need to yeah. get over this. I think that we have to move forward. Yes. Whatever that is. Yep. And sometimes that <laughs> and is it's different. physically moving. I feel like mm-hmm. that's a common thing. Yeah. You know, like even though she wasn't there with you in the same town, there's something about the space that you were in and the life that you had that you need to like go forward from. The pain is so, I mean, there was days where I thought that I would die Yeah, from the, from the pain. Mm-hmm. It, it was not, it was not easy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, we, I always say, you know, life is for the living. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And I think, you know, she's not here and it's not fair, but it also wouldn't be fair for me to just crawl into a hole and die. You know, Mm -hmm. she wouldn't, she wouldn't want me to do that. She'd want me to keep going and pursue my dreams. And I think, you know, her voice in the back of my head was what really pushed me forward and pushed me harder to want to become a photographer, Yeah. to want to quit cleaning houses, to try to find a way. Right to do this for a living. Yeah. How did that start happening? So when you got to Marfa, you quickly got cleaning clients from what I remember. Really quick. Yeah. I got cleaning clients. So I was still cleaning. And at the time, I think, you know, think the whole Airbnb vacation rental thing was just starting to kind of happen. Totally. So I was starting to get those type of clients where I was cleaning, you know, vacation rentals and stuff. And then I was getting little gigs on the side. So there was a lot of events I was working for, you know, doing jobs for ballroom and, all that stuff. And so, and still trying to clean. Mm-hmm. And then in 2013, I rented a little office above what was the gym. That's right. <laughs> and yeah. I was so excited. Yep. <laughs> so I had my own little office space. And honestly, it, w- it really was my husband. He basically said, you know, you have to quit cleaning. If you don't do this a hundred percent and put a hundred percent of your focus into it. You're, you're never going to do it. Right. And, and he just was like, we'll figure this out. Mm -hmm. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Like just quit cleaning. Yeah. Go for it. Mm -hmm. And I did. It's really hard to let go. And as soon as I quit cleaning, 
it just really started to fall into place. Yep. So what did your career start to look like then? So somehow I started to photograph weddings. Isn't that like <laughs> a phase for every photographer? I don't know if it's for every photographer because I, think every- <laughs> I certainly, <laughs> I didn't, I mean, I never wanted to be a wedding photographer. And I remember the first few weddings that I did, I it was horrible. Mm-hmm. I hated it. It was terrifying and I was terrible at it. And, <laughs> and then somehow it started to grow on me. Yep. And then that was it. I started to shoot a wedding here, a wedding there, and then it just snowballed. And before you knew it, I was shooting, you know, 20 plus weddings a year. Mm-hmm. I remember that time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember that every weekend you were in your black outfit, <laughs> you know, Yes. <laughs> going yeah. somewhere closer. Sometimes you were even um, traveling. Yeah. Honestly, this, so 2013, I'd say was when I became a full-time photographer, but I had been doing it since the early 2000s. So I was 40 years old. Yeah. By the time I finally became a full-time photographer. Yep. So it was a little later. Yeah. I do wish that I was a little younger when I got into weddings because they're really physically mm-hmm. exhausting. So I think that's probably why my wedding career didn't last very long. But <laughs> <laughs> Right. It's a lot of physical Because my body was like, no. I, no I can't more. kneel down for <laughs> this long yeah. and run around because the days are very long. Yeah, it's really exhausting. It's one of the hardest things I've ever done. Mm-hmm. I commend all wedding photographers. You are so good <laughs> at it. And I love that you are not like a wedding person. Does that make sense? Like there's kind of like a, a wedding industrial complex in this country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. and there's like a look and a feel to a lot of that. And that is not the space that you occupy. Well, I think because, I mean, really, I mean, even though I started in the pinup staff, mm-hmm. my real passion is landscape. Yeah, That's what I really love to photograph. I love landscape photography. I love chasing storms. I love photographing lightning. My husband makes him insane because <laughs> I'm, you know, what we had a storm roll through at one thirty in the morning. It was everything I could do not to get out of bed and go photograph it. When Leslie and I both retire, we're going to become storm chasers. Yes. I have a meteorologist for our team. Yes. Yes. I know a, meteor- I know a meteorologist <laughs> now. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to go. You're obviously the photographer. <laughs> I will be the driver, I guess, and yeah, coordinator. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's a passion of mine too, is to chase storms. <laughs> Sidebar, everyone. Okay. Yes, Jesse and I talk a lot about storm yes, chasing. Yes. And then you know, I ended up out here in West Texas, which is so beautiful mm-hmm. in this open landscape. And so I started to incorporate that landscape love into my work with people. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I hadn't really seen a lot of people doing that I guess with weddings and like using a lot of negative space and having people small in the backdrop of the landscape but I really got into that and that kind of became my thing and then I started to attract those clients that love landscape and didn't want that traditional you know style wedding photography Mm -hmm. so I really I honestly in my short wedding career got lucky because I really had a niche a niche and I ha- and I attracted these really amazing clients. Yeah, yeah. So Leslie would take like her equipment out in the middle of the night when she knew there was like a celestial event. <laughs> like yes, when the, <laughs> the new moon. Yeah, a new moon or like you did a lot with the Milky Way. Yeah, long exposures mm-hmm. with people. Mm-hmm. In them. She would go out to honestly uh, acreage I owned <laughs> a lot. Yes, <laughs> yeah. almost all of my starscape photos were on your land. Yes, and she takes <laughs> these amazing photographs of you know, like, let's say a couple that's like just got engaged or whatever, you do engagement photos too. And, you know, they're 
backs are to you and there's the Milky Way and the silhouettes of these people lit up and they're just outstanding and beautiful and breathtaking and it's one of my favorite things to do mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this went on till you opened your shop right I think 2019 I guess would be my official year of retiring mm -hmm. with wedding and I still do elopements and small things but the bigger, the bigger gigs gig, yeah yeah, you know, I retired in 2019, but and I had opened my gallery mm -hmm. in July of 2019. Bum bum. <laughs> I love though that we started your journey of like becoming a Texan. I hate to say mm -hmm. that, but with a economy crash, and right. now we're up to another one. <laughs> yeah, we're up to another, another one. one. <laughs> I, yes, yeah, so I uh, I had I always had this dream to have my own space and mm -hmm. my own gallery and. Um, I ended up luckily getting this incredible space on Highland and the main street in Marfa. Mm -hmm. And well, technically I, I actually opened the gallery in 2018, mm -hmm. at the, but I had a business partner mm -hmm. and then we separated mm -hmm. and went our separate ways. And then I reopened, I actually rebranded mm -hmm. in 2019 19. and reopened the gallery mm -hmm. under just my name. And it was great. <laughs> it was great there for a while. <laughs> for a good eight months. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, then. So for people who don't yeah. know, Marfa. Marfa is a tourist destination town, but it is very, very remote. You're 200 miles from the closest airport. You're 100 miles from a Walmart. There is one traffic light, but it's not like a green, yellow, red. It's just a blinking red light. There is what? about 1800 yeah people now and i would say yeah, it's even 18. less than that because you know there's a lot of I hear different things mm -hmm. yeah there's a lot of people who you know grew up in the area like your husband selling their home and then uh, mm -hmm. somebody buys it as a second home you know investment so mm -hmm. they're not counted you know in the so it could possibly have gone down in the last even in the last year. But anyway, yeah. Marfa exists off of tourism. There's an artist community, basically, in Marfa, and people come to go to the foundations and the galleries. So it's a small town, and unlike many in, in Texas, that has a tourism pull. And it's a very strong tourism pull. I mean, there are people that come from all over our country and all over the world to come mm -hmm. see the art foundations that are here. So having a gallery in, in a town like that is a wonderful achievement but when there is then a global pandemic and nobody's going anywhere <laughs> it is not it is not so great when there's not a local economy so to support yeah and unfortunately you know I had opened to July and you know it is very seasonal here we have our good months mm -hmm. anyone that has a retail business in Marfa knows this mm -hmm. you have those months that are really good mm -hmm. and then you have months that are not right. Yes. And so those good months, you depend on that because that's what's going to get you through. And by the time the bad month ends, you're running out of money. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, spring break will hit and then you're like, okay, and then you can kind of recover. So unfortunately, the pandemic hit right before spring break. Yep. And spring break is our, that's it, you know. That's how you make ends meet. That's how we make ends meet. Yep. Usually spring break will get you through until, you know, Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. or the September festival or, season. Yeah, September festival season. So, yeah, COVID hit right before spring break. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I had planned for a spring break, so I racked up my credit cards. I mm -hmm. bought a bunch of inventory. Yep, yep. <laughs> and then, boom, that was it. And I was such a new business 
there was just, there was no way that I was going to survive that Mm -hmm. shutdown. And I tried, I reopened for a little bit after, but it just wasn't, it just, it wasn't going to happen. Was there even anybody coming? (laughs) Not really. I mean, a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it was such a weird time because nobody knew what was going on. You know, Mm -hmm. we didn't know. Everyone Mm -hmm. was really scared. It was like, do I open? How do I do this? How do I stay safe? Mm -hmm. And I have an autoimmune disease. Mm -hmm. I am at high risk. Mm -hmm. I was terrified. So it was just, no one really knew how to navigate that at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I chose, I chose to close because first of all, I mean, in order to open a business, you have to get into debt. So I was already in debt because I (laughs) took money out to open this business that you know, I had to close eight months later. So it was one of those things where it's like, do I go into more debt to keep this going or do I just let it go? Do you know what my husband likes to say? Quit while you're behind. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, well, that's what I did. (laughs) And it sucked. I'm not going to lie. I was completely devastated. It was a dream that I had and, and I was upset because I felt like I failed. I really mourned the loss of that business for a while. And I want to say, because there's other people hearing this, like your business not surviving COVID was not a failure on you at all. Yeah. You know, like that. <laughs> yeah. on the converse of that is I'd like a, a merit badge <laughs> <laughs> for surviving last year. Yeah. You know, there's, I mean, no one could have planned. This was like an unprecedented event, you know? Yeah, it really was. It really was. And it's so hard to not, take it personally you know and talked with my husband about this he's like you know we just he likes to get down on not being prepared for something like that and it was like who even knew that that was possible (laughs) you know that your business would like there's business fluctuations but not business falling off cliffs you know there's usually yeah it was definitely I wasn't prepared for that yeah (laughs) I don't think anybody was prepared no no I mean and sure there'll be people who like I watched pandemic or whatever that documentary was on Netflix. I knew it was coming. Yeah, but you didn't know what the real world consequences were going to be, you know, to our economy. And it's crazy. Like there's still so much affected, like yes, a, a cups, like we have trouble getting cups for our business sometimes, you know, it's just bananas. And it, I feel like, I mean, I know Daniel and I talked about this when this happened. I was like, this is going to take so long to undo, not undo, but like unfurl from, you know, just that shutdown of our country for, like a hard shutdown for what was it, three months? You know, yeah. it's going to take years. And, you know, I was still, even though I had the gallery, mm-hmm. I was still doing photo shoots to get more income yeah. because having a retail space in Marfa is not, I think people have this idea of, oh, you live in this tourist town and you're right on Highland and Boomin. it must be great. Boomin. It's right. not, it, it, it's not, it's, it's really hard. There's a lot of overhead, you know, it's a lot, it's hard to keep it going. I had to take other jobs to pay the rent. Yeah. and pay the utilities and do all those things. Yep. So COVID hit. Any event that I had was canceled. Yep. Photo shoots were canceled. Yep. I mean, I, my job was canceled. Yeah. 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 That was the only thing I had been doing since 2013. Mm-hmm. That was my only source of income. So it was scary. Yeah. Yeah. And fortunately, you know, my husband was working Yeah. and was able to continue working during this whole thing. So I'm you know, we were very lucky and blessed to have that, but we did lose, you know, a whole nother income. 
what now? Because now we're in 2021. What carnation has... Uh, carnation? Incarnation? <laughs> what in the carnation? <laughs> has your business taken on now? You are like such a great example of like what the pandemic did to people, like independent contractors, especially in the artisan space. What have you done now? Like how are you coming back? What What are you up to professionally these days? Besides crying? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... I am still really not working mm-hmm. very much. I'm, it's still really tough. I mean, not people are not spending money. I mean, yeah. they're not they're not hiring photographers. They're not, you know, buying art. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I did take my gallery and I put it online, mm-hmm. but that's hard. It's really difficult to sell art online. Yes, you know, yes. people were able to walk into my gallery and see it in person, have a visceral experience, feel connected. Yeah, feel I'm trying to, to mm-hmm. n- learn how to sell my work online. So I really spent the last year learning to build a website and learning how to make little (laughs) mock-ups so people could see this size looks like this next to this couch or whatever. And just trying to learn how to become an online (laughs) person. I've been doing that. During the whole shutdown, we actually, we had a shed, like a little storage shed And we worked on it for a few months and we turned it into an office space because one of the other things that I was doing when I had the gallery, I also had a photo studio in the back Mm -hmm. and I started to photograph pets. Mm -hmm. So I was doing pet photography. And when I lost my gallery, I lost my shooting space, Mm -hmm. which I think was really what was the most heartbreaking for me Mm -hmm. was losing that space to photograph the pets because that's what I really, really, really love to do. Mm -hmm. That's the best job ever. Mm -hmm. So we built this, we turned the shed into a studio and um, I'm just now starting to get back to work. We've got it set up so I can start doing the pet portraits again. So I finally have a space again at my house. That's where you're talking to me from today, correct? Yes, yes. I'm in my space right now. Also, years ago, my husband and I bought some land mm-hmm. in Marfa, which was over kind of by where you had your land. Mm-hmm. And we've been working on that. And we have a couple little Airbnbs out there. So that's kept me busy too. I kind of, which is funny because I feel like I went full circle. I am now cleaning again. (laughs) (laughs) You're back to hustling, right? You're like, I got this, I got this, I got this. (laughs) So I'm back to, I mean, I'm cleaning my own spaces. I make jokes about how I somehow was a housekeeper, became a full-time photographer, circled back to a housekeeper. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm bummed again. Yeah, but it's okay. (laughs) We have all these things going on. We've got our business Mm -hmm. out there. Mm -hmm. We've even talked about maybe in the future building a little small gallery out there. Mm -hmm. And I'm getting back into shooting a little bit, doing the pet stuff. So I have all these things. So I'm really just now trying to figure out how I can rebrand myself with all these businesses that I have Mm -hmm. and try to combine it into one thing. (laughs) Yeah. Totally. Like, yeah. I've gotten into gardening. Okay. I have to ask about this since we've, you know, our, our Texas edition, what is your relationship to like an identity of a Texas woman? Ooh. Wow. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I don't, I've, I've never thought about it. I don't think mm-hmm. I'd, I'd feel like I can't say I'm a Texas woman because I wasn't born here. I feel like, right. Mm-hmm. You, you know, like people, I feel like if mm-hmm. you're, yeah, you're born in Texas. Uh, you're you're a Texan. Mm-hmm. I I'm a transplant. I think mm-hmm. um, I married a Texan. I don't know if that gives me immunity. I'm not sure. 
<laughs> See, that's what I want to ask. I want to know other people's thoughts on it because I have I have similar thoughts too. As you know, I'm not from Texas, and anyway, yeah, that's what I want to ask. That as I've well. spent a lot of time here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You've lived here now a decade. Yeah, 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 over a decade, and been coming here longer than that because we were back and forth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think 2008 was the first time I came here, mm-hmm. and then we were back and forth until 2011. And then full-time 2011. Mm-hmm. The purpose of this focus for me is I feel like there are a lot of stereotypes about Texas women. And mm-hmm. that's not the experience that I've had living in this state for 20 years. It's much more varied and interesting and dynamic than a lot of just the you know one-dimensional Texas woman. And that's another motivation for kind of doing these Texas stories. Because I also have this weird conflicted like... I'm not from here. I've been here half my mm-hmm. life. When do I get like my pin or hat or whatever, right. you know? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I do have amazing, incredible friends here in Texas. Mm-hmm. And my Texas women friends are, are the best. <laughs> I know. Isn't it? The best people in my life. Yeah. I, yeah. And it's funny because one of my really good friends is in, Las Vegas, who I met in Las Vegas and still lives in Las Vegas, and she's a Texan. Okay. From Austin. Okay. So it's funny mm-hmm. that I did bond and <laughs> make, you know, I have a dear friend who is a Texan. Yeah, it's such an identity, and I'm so excited to, like, dive into it a little bit. Because what other state, I mean, maybe, like, California, New Yorkers, maybe even Massachusetts, where I'm from, you know, there's such a state identity, you know, and it's it's interesting to dive into it a little bit. You know, because there's so many. Texas comes with a lot of. Uh, it's got. It's got a lot of. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, reputations, mm-hmm. <laughs> ideas, <Yeah>. generalizations. <laughs> like, what other state has this much? You know what I mean? Like, right. what do you know about Ohio? You know, <laughs> like. And for me, it's difficult because when people ask me where I'm from, it's kind of. Mm-hmm. I moved so much, yeah. and I've been to so many places that you know. I was born in California, but then. I ended up in the Northwest when I was 13 mm-hmm. and I spent my teenage growing up years in the Northwest. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I never in a million years thought I'd ever be in Texas. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, when I met my husband and he told me where he was from, I was like, what? What? Yeah. Where? What? Yeah. So I don't, I don't even, it's hard to say when someone says, where are you from? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, I really part sort of California, sort of right. Vancouver. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I'm pulling up my questions. I'm going to do my, okay. do my questions at the end. They're different. And I, I've, I've shortened them down to five. This one we talked a little bit about cilantro. Yes or no. Okay. So cilantro is a yes for me. Mm-hmm. However, it is a big no for my husband. I'm sure he has that, that genetic thing that makes it taste awful. He and hates it. Yeah. He hates it. Yeah. So if we make, if I make anything that involves cilantro, I have to, you know, leave it off of his. Leave it, right. Just put it on the top of yours. Yes. I'm fascinated by this thing. I just, what else is there? I mean, we talked a little bit about asparagus. Too. And I love it. I love it. I love the taste of it. I love the smell of Me it. Me too. Me too. Have you ever been to ACL? To ACL? Mm-hmm. Oh, the music festival? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm like, See, what? I know this about you, but I'm like, <laughs> but I'm gonna ask everybody this. I have been to ACL. <laughs> <laughs> I have a few you've, times. You've been as a 
a spectator and a photographer, correct? I did go one time as a photographer. I would say we're a little spoiled with the ACL because the first time that we got to go, we got hooked up Yeah, from somebody here in Marfa. Mm-hmm. And we got VIP passes. So I got a little spoiled the yeah. first time I went because we were able to go backstage and I had air-conditioned bathrooms and all that stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, it's real hard to go anywhere. Yeah. That. And we've gotten a few hookups since then. And now we're at the point because we're older, you know, I'm 47. My husband is 52. Mm-hmm. And going to ACL and walking around. Hot. It's hot. Right? Hot. There's nowhere to sit. Yeah. So we're, we're like, well, we don't want to go. Yeah. Unless we get same hooked up, which is terrible. Yeah. Well, obviously, last year was not happening. And I don't know if we're going to go this year. Is it happening this year? Yeah, supposedly. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. I know the answer to this, but I'm, I can't, <laughs> like, I can't let that, you know, cloud my asking the question. Do you eat the bread at a barbecue restaurant? At a what? So you go to barbecue, you know, a barbecue yes. restaurant, and they always give you bread. Oh, do you eat the bread? Because I well, I don't. Be, right, I don't. I know because I can't. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I have celiac disease, like my dear friend Jesse. Yes, <laughs> we're celiac. Sister. I would love to eat the bread. Uh-huh. I dream of eating the bread. It looks so fluffy and soft. <laughs> right. I miss that bread. Same. <laughs> I don't even. I can't even eat anything at the restaurant in, at all. Mm-hmm. Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, I don't. I don't get to eat the bread no. at the barbecue restaurant I, or the barbecue. Right, most yeah. <laughs> I asked that because I, I'm fascinated about whether people make the sandwich. Like, how do you eat at a barbecue restaurant? So I asked that. Like, do you eat the bread? Are you making a sandwich like you're supposed to, or supposed <laughs> to? Do you just eat it? Do you sop up sauce with it? Like, what is your experience with the bread at a barbecue restaurant? And our experience is a very fascinating story. <laughs> yeah, like, we, we no bread. <laughs> Get the bread away from you. You don't get to experience the bread. Okay. What's the best $100 you've spent recently? Mm. Mm -hmm. During a pandemic. It was probably an online purchase. Yeah, that's a good question. Let me think. Wow. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Because I have no job. (laughs) (laughs) What's the best $20 you've spent recently? (laughs) I have spent money on gardening. So, yeah. That would be buying soil oh, and bought, seeds yeah. and things. Yeah. I'm starting slow because I don't know anything about gardening mm-hmm. and I've been planting herbs. Oh, very nice. And it's been really nice because, you know, during the pandemic, we really haven't been able to go anywhere. And, you know, I'm, I compare living in Marfa, like being on a cruise ship, mm-hmm. you know, it's the same. It was already like the same place to eat and the same thing over and over and you see the same people and then there's a pandemic and you're stuck there it's almost like being in purgatory mm-hmm. you can't get off the island <laughs> can't, you so can't leave your house yeah <laughs> you can't leave your house and I'm already an introvert and I'm already a person who has social anxiety so the gardening thing is forcing me to go outside and get some sun mm-hmm. and so yeah buying I would say buying pots and seeds and dirt and oh cool learning how to garden has been very enjoyable for me. I guess that's maybe that's something, you know, midlife hobby acquisition. Woman of woman of my age. Yes, <laughs> totally. <laughs> oh, Leslie, where can people find you? 
Instagram is probably the best mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. And I have several accounts on there. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yeah, you do. So, so do I. I do. <laughs> uh, but the main one is Leslie Brown, Leslie with an EY. Mm-hmm. And that is my main photography account. And on there, you can find all the other ones because I have one for my pets. And mm-hmm. We have one for the business mm-hmm. out at Rancho Villarreal. And we have, and I have another one where I post my pinup boudoir stuff. Right, that's a new thing. Is that where you're hoping to go? Um, well? I kind of, yeah, I would like to get back into it. I miss doing it. Mm-hmm. But um, I found that when I started to post those photos on, I think what's happened is on my other account, because I post so much landscape work. Mm-hmm that I've somehow gotten this certain following. <laughs> and then when I started to post these sexy photos or a girl's boobs or whatever, I started to lose all these followers. Mm-hmm. And then I got reported. <laughs> <laughs> so I made a separate account so I can start posting my old work and get back into doing the bourgeois and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that way people can just follow that if they're not offended by a girl's, you know, Cleavage. rumpage <laughs> her rump yes, uh, there her, are photos of there are photos of me that will surface in that there instagram are. stream um and they are but it's been fun because uh-huh. i can pull you know i've been digging through my old work you know mm-hmm. i'm like they are right there hey there she is <laughs> yeah i just turned my computer so leslie can see a framed photo of hers <laughs> on my wall there's another one over here <laughs> they're amazing and then i have my gallery is now online mm-hmm. and that is shy marfa Mm-hmm. So you can find my landscape work online and the Yelp series is on there. Oh, yes. Which we didn't talk about. <laughs> no, we didn't talk about that. I just got the, which was the kind of the first genre of that. I just got the Subpar Parks book. The woman who kind of started this whole, like, she takes one-star reviews of the national parks in our country. I never heard of this person. And when I, so back when I first did the series, when I, mm-hmm when I first started the series and hung it up in the gallery, I don't remember who it was, but somebody sent me a link to her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my, this is the funniest thing. So I was really excited that I wasn't the only one that was obsessed with with one one star reviews (laughs) with Yelp reviews. But hers are so funny because mine are a little different because it's what I've done is taken little snippets of reviews about various establishments in Marfa. Mm -hmm. And then I've kind of taken them out of context Mm -hmm. and, you know, so it'll just be a sentence mm-hmm. to relate to Marfa as a whole, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But hers are so funny to me because it's literally people talking about the park. Yes. Which like, is like landscape. Yeah. They're like, it's just a big pile of rocks is what they'll yeah. say about like. I can understand, you know, the reviews that we do because it's like they might be pulled from a restaurant or something. But right. to to really be angry about Mother Nature is uh-huh. so funny to me. Uh-huh. I know. Although I do have some like from, we, we have some from like Marfa Lights and you know, that kind of stuff that people actually review the Marfa lights. I love it. I love it. So, yeah. So I had never heard of her and then someone sent me that and they're great. Yeah. She just published a book. It's called Subpar Parks because she then oh creates gosh. an image. Like she's a digital artist. She creates an image of the park that has a the one star review that she's written up. And, and Leslie, thank you so much for your time and for kicking off our Texas edition um, of Prickly and Blooming. And I hope I get to talk to musicians and artists and moms and entrepreneurs and, you know, like all different identities that women, you know, have. And I'm glad that I started off with an artist and thank you. 
Yeah, thank you for having me. Of course. And you can find me at Prickly and Blooming on Instagram and all the things. And oh, oh, before I forget, before I forget, I was just at the top of the show and the bottom of the show, rate, review, and subscribe, I guess. Sure, do that too, if you're not already. All right, everyone. I'll meet you here next week. Everything up to this point has led me here and there's nowhere I'd rather be than to be here. All the things that made no sense have felt so wrong and out of place now seem to fit perfectly to tell a story that was meant to be